This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are rolling. First hour in the books. Welcome to the start of hour number two. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, 49, the New York Giants, 17. I got to be honest, the afternoon wave, the Lions-Chargers matchup had my attention for a variety of very specific (laughs) reasons, and I'll leave it at that. So I didn't watch a whole lot of this until later in the evening when I went back and started checking some things out. I mean, did we expect anything else? 49 to 17, you can talk about the dumpster fire that is the Giants. They're clearly going full tank mode. They're going to work their way towards as high a draft pick as possible. But what do we do here with Dallas? I keep hearing about how great Prescott looked yesterday, how amazing the Cowboys looked, 11-1 and following a loss since the start of the 2021 season. Am I supposed to change my opinion based on a beatdown of the Giants? No, not at all. I mean, it, it's – that was one when that number came out around what was it 16 16 and a half opening line closed around 17 on ESPN bet which launches tomorrow pump for that uh, to say the least. Oh, thank you. But but yeah, yeah I, I'm here for you. But <laughs> maybe we'll get one or two wagers in over the next few weeks. Not sure if we'll have the time. <laughs> you killed me. But but the moment that number came out and I told you this earlier. I don't, I didn't care if it was 25. You, you were taking the Cowboys. I mean, if there yeah. was one game on the docket yesterday, if you happened to wager, that was it. I mean, I didn't care. How, the, the Vegas couldn't make that that number big enough, man. I mean, it was – they would have covered the 25 easily. The, the New York is just that bad. So I'm not, I'm not going to put a, anything as far as, you know, increasing the stock value of the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to that particular game. They've got to beat – a really good team. And like it's hard to win any week in the NFL. I mean, and now and I, I truly didn't understand how hard until my my younger brother got into coaching and got his first NFL gig. You know, those dudes are on Scally too, man. They're getting paid. They're they're professional athletes. And that's why during the holiday season coming up, when you see a number, they're going, wait a minute. Like Central Florida only catching two and a half against Oklahoma State. Oh, that is the old smell spot. right. It's done. Yeah. So you're going to start to see those numbers, right? Because all of a sudden, you know, hey, your bride wants you to pick up some half and half on the way home, but you got to go watch <laughs> film, right? Or, hey, can you pick up mom and dad at the airport? Wait a minute, I got film to watch. Crazy things happen. Bill Pullian told me this many years ago, and so did my brother. Crazy things start to happen during the holiday season, right? So that's one thing. Second thing, as far as the Cowboys go, they've got to beat the elite of the elite. I don't care, Joe, if they win out. And they go undefeated the rest of the way. They have to prove to not just me. They have to prove anything to me or you or anybody else outside of those walls. They have to prove to each other that they can survive and advance in the postseason. That is something they have not been able to do in 25 years. And that is get to an NFC championship game. We all know Dez caught it, but that was a long time ago in, in, in Green Bay, right? They, that should have been an NFC Championship game berth, and they should have been playing Seattle in Seattle where they won earlier that year. But guess what? Didn't happen. So now this Dak Prescott-led team, they have to win. I don't, I don't care if they, if they beat the Eagles next time. I don't care if they beat San Fran in the regular season, which obviously they won't meet them again this year. They already played them. Those games don't matter to me, Joe. It's the postseason. They can win another 12, 13 games. We're in the regular season yet again. They have to prove to themselves 
that they are good enough to move on and get to an NFC Championship game. That's when it's going to matter. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. To your first point, here's how much respect I had for the New York Giants going into that game yesterday. I was on ESPN Bet Live yesterday morning, ESPN 2, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern. We're on today, 4 p.m. Eastern, to get you set for Monday Night Football and everything in between. Got a couple college basketball plays for you there. No big deal. Here's how much respect I had for the Giants. I laid the 14 and a half in the first half, plus 145. <laughs> first, I was going to you had me going, 14 and a half? Wait, what? What, where'd you get that? Oh, first half. For that's great. That's 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 impressive, man. That's 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 going. You know what? Hit this with a ball peen hammer because you're gonna miss. It was it was plus one forty five. We were talking about it on the show. It's like, how do you bet this Cowboys game? I'm like, wow. Well, there's a lot of ways you can bet this Cowboys game. One of them is they come right out of the gate and they hammer the Giants because they're coming off that loss. You know, you're gonna get a good bounce back effort there. And the Giants going with Devito, it's just a tough spot to be in. But your point is exactly the one that others have made that I completely agree with. It, we expect this from you. You're a 17 and a half point favorite. Go out and handle your business. You did. And Prescott did. hangs 400 yards and four touchdowns. Congratulations. It's not about these games. It never will be about these games. It's about whether or not you can beat the San Francisco 49ers, whether or not you can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And to that end, Jordan Davis, Eagles defensive tackle, former standout at the University of Georgia. Big dude. He was speaking to you. Why don't you set this one up? Because you talked about this this morning. This is when you two talked. How long ago was it? This was Saturday night after his Georgia Bulldogs just absolutely chicken kicked, punked, and embarrassed the Ole Miss Rebels. That's yeah. the number nine team in the country. Well, would you? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. chicken kicked? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I grew up on a thoroughbred horse farm. Come on, it's an old saying by my grandfather. Oh, used I'm not to have, against it. I'm yeah. just where does something just like to, that come from? I have absolutely no idea. It's something <laughs> my grandfather used to say, and I liked it. So you know what? I ran with it, right? And I still sure. use it to this day. I'll um, be using it. Let yeah, me tell you something. Now, I'm going right to be passing ahead. that one down I mean, too. Chicken kicked. They got destroyed. <laughs> And he had all those Philly dogs that were there. You know, Nolan Smith and, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Davis. Nicobe Dean? Uh, no, he, he has that Liz Frank. He did not make the trip. Of that course, the one I guess not there. Right. Contributing yeah, nothing to your little yeah. anecdote. Kelly Ringo, he was there. Yep. So, I mean, all, all those Philly dogs came back to the Literally all mother. of them but the one you mentioned, Fordenball. <laughs> <laughs> He's hurt. You're an Eagles fan. It's you a know Liz that. Frank. It's, it's not, again. Oh, so he's going to be on his feet going back and watching not on the his game. deathbed. The Kobe no tears being shed for the Kobe <laughs> D not going back for the game in a bye week, but I, but so the big fella Jordan Davis, I'm talking to him, you know, just about you know the the winning culture and what it's like in that room up there, having so many former teammates all together in that room, and what's that rivalry like against teams like the Dallas Cowboys, who they just played? Does it stack up with a Georgia Florida? Here's what he said: It's huge. It's about the same, but. It's a lot more. It's a lot more hate. It's a lot more hate in Philadelphia for those Cowboys. But um, it's a great rivalry. It's always great competition. And um, however long I'm in Philly, hopefully for the end of my days. But you know, it's going to be great playing those guys every year twice. And I love how you said at the end right there, twice. Yeah, that is sports hate at the professional level, and I'm for every bit of it. I'm an Eagle fan. I love that. I love that he thinks like that because one of the worst things that happens when you get into this business and you start to get around everybody is when you realize that, and, and there's nothing against this, but when you realize pros treat it like a job, they come in, they handle their business. And you think like, I always thought that when you were in the NFL and the schedule came out, if you remember the Eagles, the first thing you were doing is looking for the Cowboys games, the Giants games, the Commanders games, the Monday night games. Like, that's what I thought. And then when I started asking players about that, you know what they told me the first thing is they look for? 
Yeah, I, I, I can guarantee you. Go ahead. It depends on where you are. Go ahead. What is bye it? week? Bye week. Yep. They're like, no, bye week. I'm like, bye week. Why? And it's like, that's the vacation. And yep. it's like, oh. Oh, okay, I get that. It's kind of, it's kind of like don't meet your heroes because you might be disappointed because you hear that and you're like, oh damn, I, I thought you were circling the that Dallas was a jerk, <laughs> right? But to hear this, to hear him realizing Jordan Davis saying they know exactly what this game means. I mean, they're going to get together in a few weeks in Dallas for a chance at the rematch. But if Dallas doesn't get past that, even if they do. We're not going to give them the credit, right? We're going to sit there and say, nice win. Now you need to well, see it in the playoffs. The Cowboys have done so little for so long. One game is not going to swing anything unless it's the biggest of games. Yeah, you and I won't give them a ton of – I'll give them credit in a moment. Like, hey, all right, right. That, 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 that's a stepping stone, but it's not the end-all, be-all. But, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of people going, well, they've arrived. Not to me, they haven't. You, you know, if you, if you are able to take that next step, then you have to build on that in the postseason. That's all that matters right now with the Dallas Cowboys is you have to be able to prove that, yeah, you've taken that next step. Now, what are you going to do with it? How much further can you go? But J.D., by the way, have you ever stood next to that man? No. I, you know what You know what shows Boss. me how horrifying he is from a size perspective? When he stands next to other defensive tackles, he makes them look like Darren Sproles. It, it, he is he, huge. I mean, and can move. He, he's not just a space eater. And one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. He took every picture for every kid on the other side of the Oh, hedges. really? That's a, oh, I mean, he took like all that. the time. Yeah. How, how many? I mean, he did videos with him. Just an unbelievable professional TikToks, athlete. Also Instagrams, back. You name YouTube it. He did lives. It. He, he did, did it. it all. And then when it comes to balling, yeah, we hate the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys hate them also. And I can't wait to watch them swap paint again. But Dallas, just absolutely just destroying and bludgeoning the Eagles. I mean, excuse me, the, the Giants. Okay, you were supposed to. Now take that next step. See if you can take down the Eagles. And then let's see what you really can do when the stage is grandest, lights brightest. And hey, that's when you have to do it in the postseason. Not going to lock in on this one. Just want your initial thoughts. Giants on the road again this week. This time it is against the Washington Commanders. Commanders laying 10. Lay them. Lay them. Not even a hesitation. Not even, no. Commanders just losing tail. Just Dude, you know who's leading the NFL I'll in passing yards digits. right now? Is that Sammy H? Sammy Howell. Jeez. The Tar Heel. Jeff Saturday, man, stand up and rejoice. The yeah. Tar Heel is leading the NFL in passing yards right now. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Staying in the NFC, one team proved that when they are fully healthy, they are clearly in the Super Bowl conversation. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Birdie drops. A little <laughs> pump. Does go right sideline. Deep. It's caught. George Kittle down the sideline, 66 yards, Kittle walks into the end zone. You know, when you, you lose three in a row, obviously it's like, man, you want to get back on track. But uh, for this one, came with the right mindset of backs against the wall in a sense. And, uh, you know, let's play like, like hungry again. Winning football games is one of my favorite things uh, in my life, besides my wife. So very happy for this win. Every week there's a handful of games you look at and you go, why didn't I bet more on that? What was I thinking? And that game this weekend was the San Francisco 49ers 34, the Jacksonville Jaguars 3. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The writing was on the wall. The Niners had struggled, but I don't know in the history of the NFL if a bye week ever came for a team at a better time. Three straight losses, several key injuries, issues on defense, take a week off, guys get healthy. Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, moves from up in the booth to down on the field, and the result is an absolute throttling on the road of what we were led to believe was a good Jacksonville Jaguars team. Where do you want to begin here? Because I guess the rumors of San Francisco's demise Thank were you. greatly exaggerated. Man, I was hearing all last week, Brock Purdy, well, there was a reason that he was taken dead last. Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Beat it. I mean, you know, your all-world future Hall of Fame left tackle and Trent Williams has been out. Debo Samuel, out. On the defensive side, banged up. And especially your emotional leader in Fred Warner, right? I mean, they were riddled with injuries. The bye week, as you mentioned, comes at a perfect time. They hear all that noise. It galvanizes them. And next thing you know, here, take this and go home. I mean, it was That was Jacksonville, too. Yeah. That's that's not like Dallas beating up on the Giants and saying, hey, look at us. Like, okay, great. You're supposed to do that. People looked at this game and they thought, all right, even if the Niners, you know, even if they're not washed, which, you know, some people go off the deep end, but even if you're sitting there thinking there's concerns, this is a Jacksonville team. That's a dangerous spot. Jags were off the bye as well. That Jags team looked like they were the Urban Meyer Jags in that game. They just got absolutely punked. And I do mean punked. And it was, and it, and then a lot of people are making a big deal out of Christian McCaffrey still being in the game, Niners all-world running back, trying to get that 18th consecutive touchdown in 18 straight games, including playoffs. It would have been an NFL record. He's tied for the record right now with 17, and it did come to an end. But they're up 31, and I'm curious to see, get your thoughts on this, Joe. Did you have a problem with Kyle Shanahan giving him the ball, whether it's running or that last pass, which he got stopped on the half-yard line, uh, you know, up 31, last minute and a half of the game, still trying to get McCaffrey 
that touchdown with a running back who has had an injury history. Did you have a problem with it? Not, not at all from like an ethical or gamesmanship perspective. I know some people will say, what are you trying to do? You're running out. These are all pros. Like if you're Jacksonville, you go stop them. And if they're going to do this Thank to you, you and it's going to happen, that's too bad, right? You had a week to game plan. You're all pros. You've got facilities. You've got tape. You've got coaches. You can go out there and, and, and get the stop. So I don't ever look at it as a problem for that. I do look at it a little bit. And if you want to go with it, that's fine. But I think, man, oh man, if something happens in a spot like that man oh man for a team and a coach that have been on the cusp for so long to take a risk like that and to lose someone who's so important you'd sit there I wouldn't want to hear any crying coming out of San Francisco about how they got too hurt in the NFC championship game or the refs are against them or any of those excuses it's a risk but if you want to go for it I've had players tell me before we had a debate in the Bay Area once it was the first game of the season for the Oakland A's. Sonny Gray had a gem going late in the game. He, he, was, he was on his way to a no-hitter, right? right? With this. And yeah. he didn't end up getting it, but there's a lot of debate as to whether or not you let a guy throw that many pitches in the first game of the year. So, of course, there's analytics guys. No, you don't. Then there's other people. It's a chance at history. Bob Melvin, the manager of the A's at that time, comes on the air, and we talked to him about it. I had completely discounted what that means to a locker room. Like, to know that the coach and the organization yep. have the players back if the player's going for something special. To know that and, – and I and I would have to imagine – what do you think about this? I'd have to imagine they consulted McCaffrey on this, right? Absolutely. Like, they probably asked, like, look, we can keep you out, but if you want this, we'll give you a shot at it, right? Oh, w- without a doubt. Okay. I mean, zero doubt. You, you saw the reaction from the sidelines and, and his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, when that swing pass to the right boundary, he gets stopped on the half-yard line. Hell of a tackle, by the way. You know, and that, that was that was a pride thing for Jacksonville. <laughs> Hell of a tackle. It was. I mean, that was pride. Like, this ain't happening. I mean, we got we got crushed, but you're not going to put the cherry on top of the Sunday right here. I mean, it, 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 it ain't happening, right? Down 31, we're right. stopping McCaffrey. We're going to have some <laughs> form of pride. I mean, because they knew what was going on. The entire stadium, we all knew what was going on. But Shanahan's reaction, you know what I mean? He was really like, oh, son of a. They all wanted it for McCaffrey. Yeah. So there, we all look, man. Absolutely, that conversation happened between head coach and player, and I guarantee you, also John Lynch. You know, there would, I would assume, you also consulted the GM at some point, either going into the game or at halftime, or you know, in between quarters. Yeah, hey, uh, tell Lynch we're uh, we're going to try and, and, and get him at that that 18th consecutive if we have the opportunity. They did. He ends up not getting hurt, so it was no harm, no foul. But it was one of those things where. Just by having him in there, to your point about the room, that goes a long way for that coaching staff also. And going, you know what? He's not just about the W. He's also about the individual. That, and I'm telling you, that's a positive vibe throughout that entire room. That's something that team needed. They needed that because they had anything but the positive vibes the last few weeks. Christian McCaffrey's streak comes to an end. 17 consecutive games with the touchdown stops in Jacksonville. Had a sense of humor about it. Here he is after the game. Did, did you do some lobbying to get back out there for the uh, potential? Uh, yeah, I suck. Everyone else on the team scored, <laughs> except for me. No, uh, that you know means a lot to me for them to keep me in at the end of the game there and try to give me that record. But hey, I'll take I'll take a huge win. Culture. It's Love something that. they got cooking there. Culture. Every line. year, Shanahan has a situation where his team goes through a dark spot. Every year. 
even in the you can discount the years where they just got hurt and they weren't competitive. Even the really competitive years, there were either slow starts or bumps in the road in the middle of the season. They just had one there, but they showed they could rise above it. They made the necessary corrections. You had uh, do we have Shanahan's audio too? I'd love to hear what he had to say after the game about McCaffrey going for that touchdown. 18 games in a row is a big record. Um, so, I mean, if we had a chance to do that, I was going to try to do it for him. And it's a little nerve-wracking. last thing I want to do is get him hurt. But once we got close, um, we told him to stay loose because we were going to try. And got close, wish we could have done it for him. But I think that was a pretty big accomplishment just to do it for 17 games straight. I love every bit of that, Joe. Every bit of it, all of it, bathe in it. You, know, you also <laughs> saw Debo, you know, you saw Debo Samuel on the sidelines as well. On the first one, like, oh, I mean, the, the entire team wanted McCaffrey to get that 18th and, and break the record, not just be tied for it. So, again, can't emphasize this enough. When a coach does that, knowing, and you heard him acknowledge it, you know, running the risk is a bit nerve-wracking. We don't want to get him hurt. But 18, that's, that's historic. We wanted to try and get it for him. All right. And it, and it meant everything, not just to McCaffrey. You heard his tone, but also the other players. You saw their reactions as well. On the other side of the equation, sorry for cutting you off there a moment ago. On the other side of the equation, I'm starting to wonder a little bit about Jacksonville. They're sitting here. They're having a good season. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna bang on them. They're six and three, but they've played two physical opponents this season. They had a physical game against Houston early in the year, where Houston came into their house and just beat them pillar to post, 37-17. That looked look that loss looked awful at the time, but now Houston's turned out to be pretty good, so it's not really that big of a deal. But now San Francisco comes into your house and hammers you 34 to three. They had won five straight games, but of those five wins, four had come against teams that ranked 20th or worse in offensive EPA. The one that didn't was Buffalo, and they had a strategic advantage in that game over in London. They had been there the week before. Buffalo traveled over late. That was a big situational edge for them. San Francisco ranks third in offensive EPA and came in and put it on them. Like this Jacksonville team, eh, too early for them? Are they like the year away from being a year away team? I think they're still a sound football team, but it, it's they, they do have to beat some of the elite. But I, I can't emphasize this enough. It ain't easy to win on a Sunday in the National Football League. Yeah. You win five straight, man, that's a tip of the cap because that means you've done something. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing the Giants for five straight weeks. It is not easy to, to go on a run like that. So I give them full credit. They ran into a buzzsaw coming off the bye. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars were also – but the bigger part about San Fran, they'd heard all those naysayers. Well, maybe they're not that good. You know, they've lost three straight. Brock Purdy isn't isn't what we thought he was. Whatever. My big hairy butt. That is a <laughs> physical, hard-nosed football team, and they take a ton of pride. And those guys also play for the dudes next to them. So I'm not going to discount winning five straight in this league at all. That's I don't care which team it is. That's impressive when you rattle off five in a row. Carlin versus Joe's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The only show that will make sure to talk about every single NFL game from Sunday, including another win for the hottest team in the NFL. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Enough is enough. I have had it with these takes on this plane. Everybody strap in. This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Now and one hour from now, takeoff. Handman, get us started. Rounds 33, Ravens 31. All right. First of all, Roquan Smith for the Ravens. 21 total tackles. That's 21 car wrecks that oh, dude just I, got I, in. Whoa, I wasn't even, I was like looking down at my notes. Tw- he had 21 tackles 20, in that game. 14 solo, 21 total stops. Don't put it on the Georgia Bulldog, man. That dude it did his job, right? I mean, that, that's, that's trade, Bears. impressive. Good trade. Bears don't need a guy like that right <laughs> no, now. They're fine. All. Not at all, man. He was in football purgatory. Now Oof. he's in football heaven, except for yesterday. I'm going to give Jerome Ford a ton of credit. A lot of people talking about Deshaun Watson. Jerome Ford, running back out of the Cincinnati Bearcats. That dude toted it yesterday, over 100 yards rushing, getting Grant Delpit back healthy on the back end at safety for the Browns is huge. Massive win. Roquan, it wasn't on you. But, hey, Jerome Ford, you played a big part in it. Hell of a day. Browns are 6-3, and three, sucking me back in. Talked a lot about them in the preseason. Moved off it a little bit when I saw the way Deshaun Watson was playing early in the year. I wonder. I wonder if the second half of this game was a sign of them turning the corner because the way he played in the second half, that was vintage Deshaun Watson. That was on the road against the league's best defense. They get anything close to that the rest of the way out. And oh, by the way, of the four teams in the AFC North, the Browns have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. I shudder to think what they could accomplish. I shudder to think, Handman. Texans 30, Bengals 27. This is one where I I can't believe Joe Burrow threw two picks deep in Texans territory. Absolutely shocked. And on top of that, I can't believe Boyd, of all people, who has remarkably sure hands, 99 out of 100 times, he catches that touchdown with the game on the line to put you up by more than just a field goal. I mean, a touchdown's going to have to beat you. He dropped it. C.J. Stroud takes his team the other way. They end up winning a football game. But those are the two biggest takeaways for me. The two turnovers, INTs by Burrow, deep in Texans territory, and a pass drop that never gets dropped from, from, from Boyd. Never thought I'd see it. Stroud last week, 100-1 to to win the MVP, now down to 25-1. to That's a big story today. D'Amico Ryan's your favorite to win Coach of the Year. That's a story today. The upset in general is a story today. I'll throw this at you. While you're hearing about all that, the Houston defense was laying wood out there for a big portion of that game when the Texan offense was trying to find their way. All right? After Cincinnati went down the field, on a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. The next six drives for Cincinnati, one was a one-play drive right before the half, so we'll throw that out. Of the other five drives, all five were punts, four were three and out. All five were punts, four were three and out. That Texan defense came to play yesterday. Steelers 23, Packers 19. Mike Tomlin, he should also be in Coach of the Year conversation right now. When your offense 
has been outgained in every single game to start this season. That's nine straight. That has not happened since 1933. And hell no, I did not do that research. The ESPN <laughs> stats and info did. But that is absolutely remarkable. First time in professional football that you have had a team be outgained in the first nine games of a season. And they are still 6-3. and three. They are the opposite of the Ravens to me right now, Joe, where in the fourth quarter, that defense led by T.J. Watt, Highsmith, and company, they keep it just close enough for the offense to finally show up and steal a win. How they are 6-3 and three is beyond me. Now we have a verb to go with Mike Tomlin's name, Tomlining, right? I mean, this is, this is remarkable to watch. And in the fourth quarter, they are finding ways to win. That's how they're getting to six and three. I bow down to them right now. I never thought I'd see something like that. I am so sick of this Steelers team. I am sick of this every week, every single week, these games. Why? Why? I just, I don't know. Because you know why? Because they're going to find their way into the playoffs and then they're going to just get waxed in the opening round by a good team. Just like Minnesota did last year and the Giants the week after that. I just see it being the situation. They're going to grind out all these one-score games. They're going to get into the playoffs, and then someone is going to hammer them because they're not going to be able to eke by against guys like Jordan Love who can't make plays late in the game. I'll say this about Tomlin, though. He's been a great coach from day one. He knows how to keep the locker room on his side. And yesterday they played clean. Only three total penalties, zero turnovers. If you, those are what I call discipline stats. If you're not turning the ball over and you're not getting penalized, you're going to be in a position to win some football games, Handman. Vikings 27, Saints 19. This was a I, game. I, this man. one hurts. This, this was one, a game. This one hurts, man, because my mom refers to the Saints as her beloveds. <laughs> oh, boy. Having grown up on a thoroughbred horse farm in Folsom, Louisiana, <laughs> all you had was the Saints in an SEC football, right? Even though she went to Penn State and she still donates to the school, even though she can't stand the head coach. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm like, Mom, you're flushing your money down the toilet. None of your grandkids are going to Penn State. I can promise you right now. But she still sends money with a little thing called a hope. Well, guess what? The Vikings took all hope away from her. Now, the Saints are still winning or leading that division, which is just an awful division in football right now. But I'm going to give Josh Dobbs, who literally is a rocket scientist. I covered him a lot at Tennessee, Joe. The man, I mean, he has studied at NASA. He builds rockets like real rockets. My man is wicked smart. And he's finding ways to win games. The Vikings are a remarkable story right now in the league. How they're 6-4, and four, I have absolutely no earthly idea, but they're finding ways to win games. Give them full credit. I got a futures bet for you. You guys oh, want a futures on. bet? Come ESPN yeah, Live, yeah. ESPN Bet Live is going to be today at 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. ESPN Bet launches tomorrow. All right? ESPN Bet launches tomorrow. You can bet with us. Here's something I'm going to give you. A little sampler from Joe Fordenball. Josh Dobbs, 5-1 to one to win Comeback Player of the Year. Anybody like that? That's good value, man. Nobody likes that, Evan? 25 bucks gets you a buck 25. It's a nice steak dinner. DeMar Hamlin won the Comeback Player of the Year when he stepped on the field. Nobody else is winning that award. Nobody DeMar, else DeMar, has a chance listen, to win that award. I'm not wasting my money on it. There's not going to be any DeMar Hamlin slander on this show, obviously. I'm just going to say he's appeared in one game. Yeah, he had And that's lot. all it's going to take. I, that's all it took. It's a, it's a, The humans are voting here, not the robots. The humans. I don't know if the humans are going to remember that story at voting time like they remember it from how many months ago. I'm just going to throw out a 5-1 to one out there. You don't want to do it. You don't have to do it. I saw how hard it was for you to get your headset on and get the microphone turned on. So if you want to stay away, scared money, don't make money, as we say around these parts. Also in this game, important to note, we got the full Jameis Winston experience. Did we not? He checks into this game. He throws two touchdown passes. He also throws two interceptions. Finger looking good, Handman.
Colts 10, Patriots 6. Ho, ho. They played that game, huh? Dude. Oh, I, w- I woke up, right? <laughs> I mean, I had, a th- I, I, like, I had three hours of sleep. Think about this. I, I, you know, when, you, when you call a game in Georgia, you fly into Atlanta, you drive the hour and a half, two hours, or on a Friday afternoon, more like close to, closer to four, you go call the game, a night game, 7 o'clock kick, get to the hotel back in Atlanta around, I don't know, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. You wake up to try and watch this thing. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Mac Jones, it looks like it's over. I mean, I it's got to be over at this point. You can't should, you can't bench the guy right before the final drive in the game. You're clearly making a statement. flight to be able to watch an NFL game. How stupid am I knowing that these were the opponents? That's that's all. I mean, it's all about a focus group of one right now. I'm not worried about Mac Jones. I'm not, I am sli- still sleep deprived because my dumb redneck butt woke up to watch that. I deserve to be sleep deprived. I deserve to be punished, bludgeoned myself because that was about as tough of a game to watch as you can find. It was ugly, man. You ugly. Said, you said it about Minnesota. The Colts keep finding ways to win yeah. games as well. Don't sleep on them. That's how we started our Sunday. Here's how we ended it. Raiders 16, Jets 12. Dude, again, what I just said earlier, why did I stay up to watch that game? <laughs> what a day for Ian Vincent. <laughs> But having been in, in, in Las Vegas last weekend and seeing how not just the players that I covered a lot in college were reacting to like this this unbelievable freedom that they now had that Josh McDaniels was no longer their head coach and Antonio Pierce was. And he said coming out of halftime last week against the Giants, I just told our guys, go have fun. Be yourselves. And you know what's fun? Winning. Well, they're 2-0. and And even security guards I was talking to on the sidelines were talking about how it's a different feel in that building. I'm not going to go Jets here or Zach Wilson or that sieve of an offensive line. I'm going to go full credit to AOC, Aiden O'Connell, and the Raiders for getting a mistake out of the building. And Antonio Pierce right now is 2-0. and You can – you can, Sala, I'm <laughs> – I know Robert Sala is supposed to be back next season, but I'm going to tell you, there are games this year where he's had great excuses built in for why he's not expected to win. Because Aaron Rodgers got hurt and because Zach Wilson stinks. Last night's not one of those games. Robert Salah should have won that game. That's on him. They they had the best unit on the field. Their defense was the best of the four units out there. They absolutely stunk in that football game last night. can't block anybody, though, Joe. Hey, look, I'm, block you. I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I didn't expect you to go to San Francisco and win, but on a Sunday night in Las Vegas against the Raiders when half the building's wearing green and you kick, what did they kick? Four field goals in that game? Yeah. Evan That's pathetic. A, Evan scored a touchdown like 36 consecutive drives or something uh, like that. You That's know what? Hard. There's there's nothing about that, whether it's accurate or not, that surprises me, given what I've watched from them this season. Sunday morning included people, believe it or not, calling for Bill Belichick's job. And it started with one of the highest paid college coaches actually getting canned. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
college football news. Jimbo Fisher out of Texas A&M. According to ESPN's Pete Thamel, the school has informed Fisher he has been fired. Ultimately, the hire wasn't a bad hire. What was bad was the extension. At the end of the day, that's going to cost a whole lot of boosters, a whole lot of their oil uh, trust fund money. I determined at this point, and for, for lots of reasons, our program is stuck in neutral. Something had to give in order for Aggie football to reach our full potential. That's Ross Bjork, Texas A&M Athletic Director, speaking at a press conference regarding the dismissal of A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher Sunday morning. The move is going to cost the school, Ian Fitzsimmons, $76 million to buy out its deal. To put that another way, Texas A&M woke up Sunday after a win on Saturday and said, we want Jimbo Fisher out of here so badly, we're going to give him the $76 million remaining on his contract to beat it. How big of a surprise was that to you yesterday when you heard the news? After hanging a 50-plus spot right. on Mississippi State. So you win, like what was it, like 51-10, to 10, and you're fired. And it's not like they're two and nine. <laughs> oh, by the way, that got Zach Garnett fired at Mississippi State. Also, <laughs> everyone's fired from that I mean, game. Yeah, every, if you if you were like a custodian <laughs> for that game, you might want to check and call your boss. I mean, everyone was getting bludgeoned in that bad boy, right? I mean, and pink slips being handed out like they were Tic Tacs. But look, think about this: the the biggest buyout in the history of college football before this was twenty one million and change with Auburn and Gus Malzahn. Whoa, this is 55 million more. And he doesn't have an out clause, meaning he can go coach next year and he still gets every penny. There's no offset language in this contract. None. And I had him against Tennessee a few weeks ago. And the way they lost that game, it was like, uh uh-oh, okay, now this is getting, it's about to get nasty for Jimbo and that staff. You know, he was desperate when he hired Bobby Petrino to come in and be his offensive coordinator. Yep. Because that dude will stab you in the back so fast to try and take your job. Go back to Tommy Tuberville at Auburn when he's meeting with, uh, you know, the, the, the then owner of Colonial Bank was a big Auburn jock-sniffing booster trying to stab Tuberville in the back to get his job when he was the OC at Auburn. That's just his history. You know, I mean, to hire that guy to be your OC, I mean, you know you're desperate. And he knew going in, he had to, with 20 starters back, he had to make not just a run in the SEC West, but probably win it to justify staying. And uh, the big money oil booster said, you know what? We're done. We'll stroke the check at 76 mil and beat it. And what the price of oil is right now, they probably have it in your glove compartment. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, the couch cushions. So for them to stroke that check, I'm not surprised, and I'm, and I'm not surprised he's gone. I'm, I'm really not, uh, Joe. This was this was already, I think, decided in the offseason coming into the 23 campaign. If he didn't make a serious run and get to Atlanta for the SEC title game, he was probably gone, and they didn't even wait. Well, number one, when you write a check like this to run a guy out of town, there's no more of this, well, we don't really have the money to pay athletes or we can't do that. It's, it's, no, this is no a very level. different era. When you're writing a $70-plus million check to say leave and don't work for us, it's very clear the money's there. And I know it's A&M. I know there's oil money, but number one. Number two, there are some people who are a little surprised by this who figure he's not doing that bad. His overall record's decent. He was winning games this year. That's not good enough. A&M wants to be a national title contender. 
They want to threaten for a playoff spot. They're, six and four isn't good enough. Nope. An eight and four season isn't going to have them fired up. Years ago, maybe. They want to taste the riches of college football. They want to be there playing Georgia at the end of the season. They want to make a run at the playoff. It's one thing to miss the playoff but make a run at it. It's another thing when you're out of it months in advance. And that's A&M. They're yep. not relevant. Every right? year. Jimbo Fisher was brought in to make them relevant, to put them on the national championship stage. Maybe not win it, sure, okay, but he was brought in on a big money deal. The problem for AM, they never should have given him the extension. Like, I know you can't do this in college football, but I, it drives me nuts that the guy's not performing at the level you want, but you'll give him the extension because it's like, well, we can't let him go into the last year of his deal because then if he performs well, he could leave or he could have us over a barrel. Like, is this better? Is this alternative a better situation for you? So the next situation then, you turn your attention to who could, who could step in. A lot of big names out there. I mean, you oh, cover yeah. this sport and, for and a two, living. What are you thinking? And two things. First, let me go back to why he was dismissed now. And it's one word. Texas. The Aggies have been in the SEC for over a decade, and their arch rival, who they tried to get to get away from, is now joining them in the SEC. And the Longhorns are more SEC ready coming into their first year than the Aggies are a decade in. Great point. So there's zero doubt that every Aggie booster was like, hold on a minute. They're built like an SEC team over there in Austin. We aren't. We've been here for over a decade. We paid this dude a truckload of cash, and we're what? No. Out. Now we have to go get a big name. Here's going to be the problem. The new coach and his agent is going to want the same type deal that Jimbo just had. No offset language and a boatload of money. This is not going to be an easy negotiation if you want to go get Deion Sanders from, from Colorado. (laughs) <laughs> Imagine Dion. Do you think the that's SEC. possible? Sure, anything's possible. Again, they got oil money, man. They don't care. They just stroked a seventy-six million dollar check to make a guy go away because he stinks. What I if mean, Dion doesn't want money? What if he wants oil? He has <laughs> plenty guy, of it. Has a guy ever gotten an oil Nick field Saban, as part of his deal? Nick Saban's got like seven car dealerships, <laughs> including a Ferrari dealership. Right, whatever you need to get you and keep you. They will do it in the Southeastern Conference. But I'm going to give you another name. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive coordinator at Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel. He knows the culture. He knows all the big money boosters. And he has learned from his time at Texas Tech. He'll handle the offense, and he's going to go get one of the biggest priced defensive coordinators to handle the other side of the ball. Cliff Kingsbury, I would also give a big time, not just phone call to, but I'd go visit him out there in Southern California. This Good Hands Moment of the Week is brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. We keep telling you that there's one NFL team you can't count on, and they proved us right again. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 